0: I am really keen to be sharing a message with you. That's a kind of a standalone message. So it's in between uh, Jesse's testimony last week and then Johan Birkus, which is uh, he, he's going to share next week. Uh, we're going to watch him uh, on online. He had a massive impact. Uh, in the Father's House leadership team. He kind of restructured how we do all of our HR. And, um, you know, he, he's, a, he's played a massive role in a lot of our staff members' lives. So he's going to be sharing uh, next week. He's in PE. And then Pastor George is coming to J Bay for the, for the last Sunday of the month, which is really, really cool. So I've got about 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes or so with you to share something that I believe the Lord has placed on my heart for this morning. Um, and considering that, you know, we, we sort of are dealing with um, matters of eternity, every day. I'm hoping that by the Holy Spirit, the next 30 minutes will inspire you. They'll make some, some kind of a significant difference in your life, or at least in someone else's life that you can use to encourage with what you hear this morning. Is that a bit too hectic, speaking about eternity in, like the, last, in like the first two minutes of your message? It's like, geez, Lloyd, just calm down. Start with Mary had a little lamb or something. You know, let's, just, let's just ease into this morning. But um, I'm going to give you, um, as, as, as best I can, some armor this morning some spiritual armor to take with you when you wake up tomorrow. I'm going to give you some, some, um, some battle gear that you can hopefully use when you wake up tomorrow morning and, and make the most of the life that God has called you to, kind of giving you a clue as to what the theme of our conversation is going to be uh, today. Don't, don't think it's going to be about fighting with one another. Please don't look at your spouse and go, finally. This woman is going to give me some grenades to throw at you. I've been waiting for this message. No, it's not about that kind of a fight. It's a spiritual kind of a fight. Um, But before I share that, I want to just also quickly, as I see my notes here um, reminding me, Coffee bar? Brand new coffee bar? Yes? Let's praise the Lord and thank Him for that. That's very cool. I'm so thankful that it's there. We took a big step forward. We still got one or two things to do. Uh, We discovered that because the building hadn't been used in so long um, before we got here, that those plugs in the wall aren't working. So we have to reconnect those to a whole other supply, but that's at least a big step in the right direction. Um, And then as far as our services go, just one more note to mention there before I get into our key scripture. Um, You know, I was joking about having a New Year's Eve service uh, on the 31st uh, of December this uh, this year. And then, you know, subsequent to that, the leadership team and I spoke about it and we kind of thought maybe we should reconsider for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first one is that, you know, families with kids, it's quite difficult to to come out at midnight. Um service would start at about half past 10 and end at about half past 12. You know, difficult night to get a babysitter. That was the first one. Um, and it, I don't know what it is in J Bay, but if you come to Father's House Jeffreys Bay or just come to Jeffreys Bay in general, you have like seven kids or more. So, I don't know. It just seems like everyone in town has kids. So, that that would be a, a little bit tricky. Uh, and then, obviously, our team is also spread quite thin uh, during during December. They away with families and stuff. And it takes 10, 15 people to make the service happen. Uh, and then, lastly, it's obviously New Year's Eve, right? So, people aren't exactly drinking Fanta Grape and having popcorn on New Year's Eve. They are indulging in other beverages. So, you know, we don't want someone walking in and going, ah, the coffee is free and the coffee machine is free. No, the coffee machine is not free. It's just the coffee. So we're just like, let's just let's just mitigate some of that potential chaos. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be in Father's House North End. I think they're having a service on New Year's Eve Yeah, at 10.30. So if you want to come through, welcome to do that. It's open to everyone. But we're we going to kind of reassess the numbers as this year goes and then look at having another service next year. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we hire a tent somewhere on the beach or some open field, or I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. There's lots of, lots of cool ideas that we, can, that we can play with. But I want to um, take us to our key scripture this morning. But before you put it up there, Janine, I want to set it up for us this morning by asking ourselves a question. And that is, has anyone here ever arrived to an event or an occasion of some kind either being completely overdressed or completely underdressed in some way? Has anyone ever done that? Anyone? Horrible feeling. I don't know what's worse. What's worse? Overdressed? Under, under, under's worse. Um, let's just start with being overdressing. And I mean, this is clearly make fun of your past today. So I'm just, I'll share a story at my own expense on this. But um, oh man, it's so embarrassing. But you know, when you're in high school, when you're in matric, you are just, you are like the coolest thing ever. You know what I'm saying? Like your style, when you look back at the photos now, you're like, oh, I thought I was so cool back then. But look now, like when you look, when you look back, you're like, what was I thinking? So, you know, there I was in matric, thinking I'm just, you know what, I've got it all figured out. You know, Vogue magazine is going to be taking photos of me at my matric dance. That's how stylish I'm going to look. And, you know, obviously, you know, to make sure that you that you have the best of the best, you go to one of those suit hiring shops. You know, place that hires suits, and you walk in there and you think, you know, this guy is going to just make me look so cool. And ah, uh, oh, there I was, you know, looking at all these jackets, and I saw this waistcoat on one of the one of the rails, and I was like, oh, it's a cool waistcoat. But it wasn't just like any waistcoat. It had like a tail, a tail coat, had some gold, some gold engraving around the buttons. And I was like, as I look at it, you know what's in one of those stores, right? It's a salesman. You know what the salesman does? As you like reach for that thing, he's like, oh, that would look great. You should totally try it on. Try it on, man. Go for it. So I'm like, okay, well, this dude works here, you know, you must think it's good. So obviously it's good. So I put this thing on and I'm like looking, I'm like, ha yeah, it kind of looks cool. And he's like, you know, what? would go amazing with that. And he like takes his top hat, like full on. <laughs> Some of you have been there, that's why you know, because that's why you're laughing at me. And he's like, oh, now you're getting somewhere. Now you're looking good. And I'm like looking, checking myself in the mirror. And I'm like, yeah, he's actually right. You know, yeah, you know, you're kind of just like, yeah, 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 flip this, is, this looks so cool. And you're kind of like walking around in the last thing, just the final nail in my coffin of my dignity was one of those walking sticks, like a proper. <laughs> there I was. I looked like one of those dudes from Gangs of New York, you know, like in that movie. But except I didn't have a gun, I had this walking stick. And I was like, oh my word, so, so, so cringe. So cringe. You know, it's like, I, th- I thought about those singers on Idols that sometimes try out. And you're like, where were your friends in all of this and all of this, like, where were your parents? I like, couldn't, someone just sit down and be like, you know what, Lloyd, I love you. But this is not, this is not a vibe right now. You need to tone it down by say 100% and just come back to earth. Oh man, that was so, so bad. Overdressed, underdressed. What I being underdressed? Another story at my experience. I'm, I'm a bit of a fisherman, okay? So, especially on my off days. Uh, Friday, Saturdays, which I try and have, I'd, I'd like to go fishing. And afterwards, I'm kind of in the relaxed mode. So I sort of hang out in my fishing clothes afterwards, you know. I don't mind kind of walking around with a torn fishing shirt and the board shorts, bit of mud and sand or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I'll often get a call from someone saying, hey, you know, are you in town? Let's, oh, I'm in town, let's um, go for a coffee. So off I go to the coffee shop in my in my, in my my fishing gear. And, you know, especially if it's a friend that I haven't seen in a while, he's like, hey, bud, how are you, how you doing? I'm like good in you. He's like, everything okay there? <laughs> are, you, are you feeling all right? I'm like, yeah, 100%. What do you mean? He's like, is um, Kelly still in fashion design, your wife. Is she, she's, still, she's still in the game. I'm like, yeah. He's like, did you see her this morning before you left home? Are you... <laughs> she might have had one or two things to say about this uh, outfit. So I, I guess that's why I decided to redeem myself and actually consult her this morning. But um, underdressed, overdressed, it's a, it's, a, it's something that it's kind of this trap that we almost fall into. But with that being said, what is, the, what is the spiritual parallel? Why do I tell you that story? Well, there are some things in life, some events, some seasons in life that we have been called to attend, places and spaces, where we need to show up wearing the right clothing, spiritually. We need to make sure that we are dressed in the right attire. Because that's what enables you to receive the destiny that God has on your life well. You don't want to be overdressed or underdressed for those moments in life that God calls you to attend. Give you some examples. What am I talking about? Well, you don't want to arrive at the destiny of your own business, for example, something you've been trusting God for, but you're still dressed in the work ethic of high school. Can't get out of bed. Reluctant to put in long hours. No, you want to be dressed in punctuality, right? That's important attire for that destiny that God is calling you to. You don't want to arrive at the event or the season of financial breakthrough, you've been trusting God for for breakthrough in finances, but you've still got your clothing of bad habits, bad spending habits, debt sitting on your shoulders. That top hat that just looks like, what are you doing? You know, no, you want to arrive with diligence, right? What about relationships? Trusting God for a godly relationship. You know, you don't want to arrive there, dressed in the fishing clothes, the torn shirts of past hurts from previous relationships. And now you're asking the next partner to magically sew you back together like a seamstress. Whereas God is saying, come to me, let me make you whole. Dress the garment of wholeness and then step into your marriage, looking the pot. Can you say amen to that? You know, actually, speaking of being, of being dressed for relationships, I heard such a funny joke on this. It's a little bit um, Darcy. No, is it Darcy? I don't know. Am I just too conservative? Help me, poor old Baptist Maybe. Sort of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it anyway, this is make fun of your past today, so I'm just going to go go with it. But um, uh, a guy in youth thought that he would uh, try his luck by testing, uh, texting a girl that he met at youth uh, some, you know, flirty messages on WhatsApp. See how far he gets and maybe asking her out, you know, taking her for a cup of coffee. So he starts off super cool. Hey, how you doing? You know, got your number from youth. You know, always throw the God thing in there, you know, makes it more holy. I got your number from youth. Oh, must be holy, you know. And they start chatting, and after a while, he gets brave, you know, he gets brave. He asks this brave question. He's like, So, what are you wearing? You know, hoping for a selfie of some kind. And she calmly and instantly replies, The full armor of God. (laughs) 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 Good night. Send block contact. (laughs) Ah. but 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 for real, you know, we we, we want to be dressed, we want to be ready for the occasion so that when the event of life calls, when it when you arrive at the step towards your destiny, you look the part and you're ready to receive that which God has in store. You don't want to have Mr. Memo on spiritual matters, right? And so let's with that kind of background, let's let's look at this text from 2 Timothy and learn from the word together on how we can be sure that we are appropriately dressed spiritually for the, for the appropriate occasion. Because the Apostle Paul gives us some really, really good, good clues here. He gives us some amazing guidelines. Um, and we're going to unpack three of them from the three analogies that he mentions in this, in this passage of, of Scripture. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. This is what it says. This is Timothy writing to, uh, Paul writing to Timothy, rather. He says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Just pause there for a moment. Where should we be strong? In the grace that is in? Christ Jesus. Okay, very important point. Notice where we find our strength, where we, where, we, where we have our strength come from. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So there's this kind of uh, transfer of, of discipleship that, that, he's, that he's calling for here. Then he gets quite hectic and he says, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one came to church this morning to hear about suffering. I'm aware of that, but it's in our script. It's, it's, in, our, it's in our text. So let's, let's keep going. Very, very important uh, point here. He says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Already, there's one. You can see it. Doesn't get entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer, the person who enlisted him in his service in this army as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's the second one. Then he says, "The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops." That's the third one. Three people. Then he goes on and he says, "Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead and descended from David, according to my gospel." For which I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. It's an amazing passage of scripture that contains so many important ideas that we could, we could unpack for, for for ages. But the title of our message this morning is What Are You Wearing? And I want to just take three of, of, of those key ideas, those key points that, that Paul mentions there and 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 Give us some some encouragement, some some guidelines, and we can ensure that we are dressed appropriately spiritually for what life throws at us. Because here's the thing, you know, we will encounter difficult times and seasons in life, as that passage uh, puts it, seasons of suffering, whether we are Christian or not. We're not excluded from, from, from difficult times simply because we've said yes to the Lord. Are there any Christians here this morning that can say, yes, I have gone through some seasons of suffering since being a Christian? It doesn't automatically exempt you from that. And similarly, if you've said yes to someone else or you're leading yourself, you're also not exempt for or from seasons of suffering. It's not like it's exclusively reserved for believers. Everyone in the world goes through difficult seasons. So why not, why not let, that, let that suffering, let those seasons of hardship produce something powerful in you? If they're going to happen, why not let them produce something powerful in you and a a meaningful harvest through you? Why not get dressed with the right perspective so that when those things come, when those seasons of suffering come and and make you more like Christ, you can endure them as good soldiers. It strengthens you for the battle. It's not something to be fearful of and and something that we should use as an excuse to bail out. No, the Apostle Paul is talking directly to Timothy and he's saying, when I'm gone, because this was actually his final letter that he would ever write, by the way, This was Paul's last letter. Very, very personal. He even says things like, please bring me a coat right at the end. He says, It's very, very cold in this Roman prison. Please would you bring me a coat? Everyone else has left me, but the Lord is with me. Please hurry, come and see me. It's such a personal thing. And and, and what he's saying is, you know, when I go and when I've entrusted to you this, this, this gospel, you will experience some suffering, some persecution of some kind. That's just what's going to happen. But Paul says, Take it from me. The gospel isn't bound. This suffering that I'm enduring, this hardship, means that I'm on mission. It's evidence that this gospel is working. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we take those moments, those difficult times, make sure that we dress correctly so that it actually readies us for the battle and we don't get scared and want to and wanna duck out? By the way, friends, that um, I don't know if you know this, but the world is looking for people that have some kind of concrete solution, some kind of anchor that they can attach themselves to when these difficult seasons come. We know that, right? There's so much out there that is so unstable and fickle. And the world is really looking for people that are on a mission, that have a message of purpose. And that's us. That's the church. This, this doesn't mean that, you know, that we kind of take this message and go, oh, well, we're so much better than you because, you know, we, we have the message and you don't. No, it means we're burdened with the responsibility of helping other people go, hey, this is what's helped me in my fight. Maybe you should try this garment on. Try the garment of forgiveness. Try the garment of acceptance. We're going to talk about some of them now. But this is what we are called to do. As Christ's ambassadors, we are called to further this gospel just like Timothy was. Because he says this is for all of us. Not just him. This is for all of us. And so let's look at at those three analogies that Paul uses from this text on how we can show up to the calling and the mission of life, dressed appropriately for what God wants us to do. And the first one is he says in verse four that no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life, but he seeks to please the commanding officer. So point one is don't wear your insecurity, wear your true identity. Don't wear insecurity, wear your true identity. You know, Paul is saying, Timothy, you're a soldier, my friend. Own it. There's a fight going on, but you're a soldier. And the fight is not against your fellow man. It's not against the people around you. It's against principalities and powers. It's against the spiritual forces. There is a spiritual fight happening around us and God has enlisted you in his army as a soldier. So maintain that identity. Maintain that identity. By the way, who was is, who is Timothy? How, he was one of the youngest guys, right? Imagine saying this. And this is, you know what? Don't worry about your integrity. Don't worry about your age. Don't worry about the fact that you might not have as, as much experience as the next person or you haven't been in prison as many times as me. Where Your true identity in Christ. Don't shrink back and get insecure. You know, this whole conversation about identity is really, really important. Because I honestly feel that so many times us as Christians get we get we get distracted by the devil's schemes, don't we? We get we get caught up, we get distracted, and here we are with all this armor of God, and we're rocking up to fight a fight on Facebook with someone. You know what I mean? It's like we're completely overdressed. We're fighting in the wrong battlefields all the time. And, and this, is, this is the danger when we fight out of insecurity, we, we are fighting on the wrong battlefield. We miss the mark. Like, Lloyd, you're looking like you're going to this Gangs of New York place, man, in the 60s. Take all this weird stuff off. Get on the right field. Or, hey, you're going to a coffee shop. Why don't you just put, put proper shorts on? You look a little bit out of place here. You know what I mean? Fight the right fight when you fight out of your true identity in Christ. And when you and when you care about that, this this consequence, you know, of, of, of having true identity, like that verse is saying, is that you don't get entangled in stuff that doesn't concern you. You know, like these fights on Facebook and these and these arguments that actually avail nothing. You have wisdom to pick your battles. That's what he's encouraging him to do here. Timothy, you're a soldier. You're gonna fight for the gospel. Don't worry about what these other things are happening. Just Pick your battles, man. Have wisdom. Know where it is that he's calling you to go. In fact, he says in First Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. He says it two or three times. Now, there's power in knowing who we are called to be, a soldier enlisted by God, so that we can please the one who enlisted us. Um, Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 6 probably one of the most um, well-known passages of Scripture, Ephesians. It's, it's known as the Christian identity document. We've, we've, we've spoken about this verse in this, this uh, uh, book before, but it's so beautiful. This is, this is who Christ says you are. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. That's a massive verse right there. You have every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. Man, that's that. you can kind of get a sense of the language. It's, it's big, it's, it's weighty language. It's lots of phrases trying to get the point across that you have everything you need in Jesus. That's where your true identity lies. We don't need to go looking for it anywhere else. Go fight on any other fight, on any other battlefields, worrying about civilian life. Stay true to the call of God on your life and fight out of your true identity, not out of your insecurity. Wear that. Amen. Let's have a look at the second one quickly. Sorry, I am aware of the time. Um, Point number two, don't wear ignorance. Wear spiritual understanding. Don't wear ignorance. Wear spiritual understanding. This is from verse 5 where he says, If anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. You know, this idea of athletes would have been very well understood um, in this particular culture because, you know, the whole Olympic Games, as we kind of know them now, would have originated in Greece. There would have been quite a lot of understanding around this. And so they'd be very clear with a lot of examples as to what it means to be an athlete that competes according to the rules. And you know, you know what the, what the um, encouragement is from that passage? Is that he says, you will only receive a crown. You'll only get the reward. You'll only receive the inheritance if you play according to the rules. Don't be ignorant about them. You know, when you, when you arrive at an event, when you arrive at a new season, you want to you know how this thing works, right? You don't want to be ignorant and find out, you know, a few months later or a few years, oh, that's how I should have handled X, Y, Z. That's how I should have conducted myself in this, that, or the, or the other thing. Think about, think about sport. Let's, let's take cricket, because I don't want to speak about rugby. It's still too sore. Um, but imagine you arrive, you get called up to come and play for the pro tiers, and you have no idea what, 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 what the game's about, didn't do any research, so you arrive at the cricket match in board, shorts, and a swimming cap. Probably not going to look the part, right? And the guys are going to go, what on earth are you doing? No, 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 let me just explain to you something quickly. When you, arrive, when, you, when you arrive in the cricket field, when you play in a cricket match, you need the right shoes. You have to have the right boots, right? And if you're a batsman, you need, you need some pads, you know? You need a helmet, you need gloves, things that can protect you from when the bowler bowls one of those bounces at 150 k's an hour straight at your head. You need, you need, to, be, you need to be protected. Uh, you need to know where the boundary lines are. You need to know where the boundary lines are. You need to know where the crease is, where you're safe. This is where you get run out on that side of the line. But if you're on this side, this is where you're safe. <laughs> See the analogies there? I mean, that's just, there's so much in life that we can, that we can draw from. And also, if you don't understand those rules, you're obviously going to get hurt and injured and, and, and get run out and, and, and all kinds of things. But also, you can't go then make up your own rules either. You can't arrive at the match and go, you know what, guys? No, no such thing as, as uh, LBW anymore, it doesn't exist. These are my rules. Uh, I can run as many times as I want, up and down the crease. It doesn't matter. There's no such thing as run outs. Uh, and you know what? I can choose any ball to bowl with. I can, I'll just make my own ball that's out of metal, and I'll just go straight to the guy's bat. These are my rules. What's going to happen if you do that? You are going to sit on the sideline, watching everybody else have a good time, and you're going to be disqualified because you didn't play according to the rules. You, didn't, you couldn't receive the crown. You guys see what he's, what he's, what he's saying here? It's very, very important that we, that, we, that we view these things, that we view these rules, not as limitations, but they're invitations. God is saying, I want to give you my best. Please don't be ignorant. Please have spiritual understanding. So, practically, what does it mean to play the game of life according to the rule book, the Bible? Well, in finances, we want to know what is, what is tithing all about? How does that work? Show me the guidelines. What is the, what is the principle of first fruits all about? In relationships? Show me the, show me the portion that, that, that speaks about honor. <laughs> honor in relationships. How do, how do those guidelines work? What are those boundary lines, Lord? Tell me. Business? Business? What, is, what does integrity in business mean? What does it mean about working as unto the Lord and not to man? Give me some of that information. I don't want to be Ignorant of the season that that God has called me to. I want to know what produces the best possible result for me. Amen. Let's look at Ephesians 1, uh, this prayer that that Paul prays. He says, I do not cease. That's He's not stopping praying. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul is praying that they receive the spirit of wisdom. Open our eyes, having having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Oh, my word. Full hope, riches of his glorious inheritance, and immeasurably great power. (laughs) Imagine rocking up at a season of life dressed in that. (laughs) This is, this is who I am, Lord. This is what you've given me. Man, I'm aware of the spiritual blessings I have in you. I don't need to make up my own rules as I go. You've already given me everything I need. Man, that's amazing. I wonder how different our lives would look if, and the world would look indeed, if we had more people that just that just were aware, spiritually aware of the, of, the, of, the, of the rules that the Lord has placed before us, the guidelines. Not limitations, but invitations. One more scripture, Ephesians 4. I'm just going to paraphrase this <clears throat> quickly. Speaking about clothing, he says, Therefore I say this and testify in the Lord, you should no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of ignorance. There it is, the ignorance that is in them, and because of the hardness of their hearts. Man, hardness of heart makes one ignorant, doesn't it? They become callous, gave themselves over to promiscuity and all kinds of things. And then he goes on and he says, But that is not how you came to know Christ. That's not how you came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. To take off your former way of life, the old self. Take off those those garments. That's not you. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. The one that's created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. There's a taking off that has to happen and there's a putting on that has to happen. And this is what Paul is encouraging us to do here. So, you guys still with me? One more. Spoke about, quick little reminder, point number one, don't wear insecurity, wear your true identity, that came down to the soldiers. Second one, don't wear ignorance, wear spiritual understanding, that was, that, that, those were our athletes. Point three, don't wear laziness, wear commitment. Verse six, he says, the hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Don't wear laziness, wear commitment. You know, I actually read up a bit on this passage before before sharing it. And I discovered that in the context of this, of this chapter, it's not really the fact that a farmer should be the first to get a share of the, of the, of the harvest. Like, you know, when Paul writes in First Corinthians and he says that, you know, like a minister is due his wages, it's actually not about that. The actual emphasis there is on that word hardworking. So what he's saying is that only a farmer who works hard, can receive and can reap a harvest from his investment. And he actually says that there's there, there's no there's no other kind of farmer other than a hardworking farmer. That's kind of the implication that he's sort of getting across. And he's saying, you know, this this hardworking farmer, he knows that when he places his seed in the ground, it takes time, it takes patience to 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 receive that harvest. And that's what he's calling us to actually live according to those principles of commitment. And I just wondered when I actually read that, how many of us as believers, sometimes show up to the things in life with this attitude that says, God, you know, please hurry up now. You're taking too long. You know, it's like I want to just punch in a certain code in an ATM and, and you must just pop out this thing that I deserve. And that's why, you know, I think this, this particular passage is so powerful. is because, you know, God is too good just to simply give us everything that we ask for whenever we ask for it. He knows that sometimes some things take patience. And, and Paul knows that. That's why he's using this analogy. Everyone would have been so familiar with, with how the practices of farming work. It's it's not very glamorous at all. You know, Ask any farmer here. They'll tell you, you have to get dressed every morning in your fellies and head into the ground and work. It's hard work. And you have to sometimes repeatedly sow seeds in the same piece of ground without seeing an immediate result. Year in and year out, you have to be faithful. You have to be committed to this to this land that God has given you. But this is the power when you dress correctly when you have the right perspective you'll look at that and you'll go you know what this this sowing into the ground it may look like burying but actually it's sowing it may look dark but that's where the growth happens and i really believe that's what god is calling us to he's saying don't don't give up don't either abstain from the work and don't give up too soon because commitment is where your reward lies that's what paul's encouraging timothy with here It says, be committed. Don't wear laziness. Wear commitment. Um, I found this passage of scripture that's absolutely blown my mind on this this topic. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. Look at this. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. (laughs) Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. You guys see what I mean, how amazing is that? Farmers who wait for perfect weather. Man, you can't sit back, get lazy, wait for the perfect day, wait for everything, all you know, these elements to fit together before you engage in the thing of life. No, you need to show up with commitment, man. Let's wear commitment, let's wear hard work because that's where the harvest is. And when those things are there, if they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Man, the harvest is ripe right now. There's people that are desperate to hear the good news that you carry right now. The people around us are are, are looking to the church to go, Hey man, I need some encouragement. Have you got anything for me? Have you got anything? And when God calls us to those seasons, we need to make sure that we are dressed appropriately. You don't want to be underdressed for those. You want to be wearing commitment. You want to look for those opportunities and go, let me tell you about the God that rescued me. Let me tell you about what he can do for you. Amen. This is what he's calling us to here. Um, I realize that I'm a little bit over time, but I'm going to close with one more passage of Scripture, I promise, um, and a kind of a final thought in sort of wrapping up this, this uh, message. But you know that that this analogy of clothing really is found throughout the whole of Scripture. It's not just here, it's, it's, it's throughout. One of them, which you'll read in a moment, is from Colossians chapter 3, when he actually specifically uses those words. But just one thing that I wanted just to, just to mention before we, before we put it up there, Angie, that this kind of comes back to point one as well about the whole identity thing. Whenever Paul wrote to a church, he, he always started with identity first before he said, you know, do this thing, be- before he issued this call to action. He always, he always unpacked who we were in Christ first. And then he said, go and live this way because of who you are. It was never the other way around. He never said, do this so that you can be in Christ. It's like, no, you're in Christ, so go and do this. And that, that pattern is extremely, extremely important. Because, you know, I don't want for us to, to to listen to, you know, these three points and go, oh, my word, you know, here's another to-do list from the Christian faith. You know, like here's another thing that I have to add into my already busy schedule. Not at all. What this is, what, what, what the Bible teaches is, is that this is a blueprint. This is This is the master architect's design. This is God's design for your life, for your house. This is how you can get the best out of the life that he has designed for you. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to step into something. And he's he's saying, because you are actually in me first, before you're in anything else, this is how you should live. Because it reflects the person that you actually are. This is what he's saying. It's because this reflects you, the the real you, this is how you should live. So whenever you you see or receive an, an, an instruction from the word like this, just just remember, this is God's invitation for you to get the best possible inheritance out of the life that he has designed. So with that in mind, let's have a look then at Colossians 3 and I'll close with this, with this final verse. Again, he's spent the first two chapters telling us about who Christ is, who we are in him. And then he says in, ver- in chapter 3, verse 8, but now you must put them all away. Take them off. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to each other. Don't lie to one another. Seeing that, you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self. And this new self is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You see that you are rep- you are reflecting your creator here in this new person. There is not Greek and Jew, circumcised uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So, because of that, put on then as God's. Chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Imagine we walked around with a garment of compassionate hearts. Be some nice people to be around. Kindness. Feel like you ever want to meet someone that's dressed in kindness. Humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And then he ends with this. And above all these things, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Man, I, I love it how the message translation ends that it says, and regardless of what else you put on, there there it is, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. <laughs> I love that. If there was ever one garment that the world should look at us and go, I can see what they're wearing, it should be love. Guess what Jesus says? By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So, I hope we're encouraged today, friends. Let's show up to the opportunity that life presents dressed uh, for the right occasion. We want to make sure that we, and that, that we make the most of the mission that God has called us to. And by the way, our main mission is simply to worship and to, and to love others. That's it. We're called to worship God and to love others. And when we do that, when we express that in our careers, in our families, at our school, at our place of influence, may we wear our true identity in Christ, not our insecurities, May we wear spiritual understanding, not ignorance. I want to know how this, how this life works. I want to know how these things operate. And may we wear commitment, not laziness, as we diligently sow the seeds of faith into our lives and reap a harvest in due time. Because, hey, guess what? When you're wearing the right clothing, it's a better look on you. And then people go, hey, man, where, where did you get that, that jacket of love from? Where did you get that jersey of compassion from? Why are you so humble? Where did you get that mindset from? Which, which store did you buy that at? What about, what about that gentleness? Where did, you, where did you get that from? And you'll have the opportunity to say, my master gave it to me. He said it would be a good look on me and it would benefit those around me. Can I introduce you? He'd love to give it to you too. Amen. Could you stand with us as we pray, Father's house? Where's our keys player? Sherry. The man soldiered on the whole week with the flu and woke up this morning feeling terrible, and yet he was still able to lead us in worship. I think he deserves another round of applause, church. Thank you, Sherry. I just want to take a moment, and um, as we just kind of reflect on God's Word this morning together, just create an opportunity for us to pray. Uh, and then I'll send us out for for some coffees and some conversation but I, you know I never want us to to kind of just receive a message and go oh that was cool and then kind of forget about it 20 minutes later these moments at the end of the service are for us to ask the, ask the holy spirit just to just to just to bring even if it's one truth into our hearts into our minds so we could we could walk with for, for the rest of this week what's one thing that you felt like your lord that, that's something i need to work on or that's something that i'm good at maybe i can encourage someone else what is one thing one truth from Scripture that we can ask the Holy Spirit to really just let grow in our hearts this week. And so I guess in an attitude of worship, just with every eye closed and every head bowed, just as a way of um, just, I suppose, honoring God and honoring this moment, I want to just pray for us and go, hey, Lord, if there is something, if there, if there's something that you are calling us to, if there's, if there's an event, a season of life that you are asking us to show up at, um, would you teach us what clothing to wear what is appropriate for that event father we don't want to miss out on the opportunity we don't want to be disqualified because we thought we could do things our own way and end up sitting on the sideline watching everyone else have a good time father we want to engage we want to engage in the fight it's not a fight against one another it's a fight for the it's it's a fight for faith it's a fight for forgiveness it's a fight for love it's a fight for healing in a world that is so broken that really needs us and so Holy Spirit would you, would you teach us to live out these verses thank you that our true identity is in you everything we need Jesus is in you you have already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus That's that's ours as our adoption we are one with you and you are for us so teach us to walk this out give us opportunities this week Lord nudge us in our hearts when we feel that moment to go maybe I should encourage this person maybe I should share a prayer, maybe I should share my faith, whatever it is Father would you would you, would you nudge us and, and would you give us the confidence and the courage to say yes because in those moments that's how we become more like you we put our faith into action And I thank you for your blessing, I thank you for your mercies that are new every morning and I thank you that you have given us everything that we need, we just rest in that, we trust you completely God Thank you for your love that makes all of this possible and that binds us all together in perfect harmony. And in Jesus' wonderful name we pray and everyone said, amen. Thank you, church. Can you give God a shout of praise and worship as we close our morning today?